0: So we are going to chat today. I'm Ron Carruthers, and we're getting Dominic Cummins of Real Biz Advisors on here right now. Look at how fast he got in. Yeah, Um, Fast today. This show is all about how to make more and how to keep more of your own money. And today we're going to talk about getting a side hustle started, your own business, a home-based business, any of those sorts of things. And this is the... Thank God, tax deadline is Monday. <laughs> Overworked, over caffeinated, and underslept, and um, so anyway, don't look too closely. Don't blow this up on a screen. All right, keep it only on your phone. <laughs> Jay, and at least are
1: you are got you- a good sweatshirt on, man. I like that sweatshirt.
0: Right? So. How are you, How are you doing this morning?
1: Doing fantastic, man. I love this topic, so it's always a fun one. Talk about turning that side hustle into a main hustle. I think we took a survey last time and there was a few people, or and a few people uh, who were still running their own business and working somewhere else. So I think it's an appropriate topic for a few people, which would be good.
0: Right on, man. Yeah, we're going to get into it. So I got a great story. I can't wait to tell you this story but let's do it. about someone starting a side hustle. But let's talk about what you don't need to do before you're going to get your own business going. The first thing that I would tell you is you do not need a 47-page business plan. You do not need a mission statement. You don't need the five pillars of a successful business. You don't need a website. You don't need an LLC. You don't need any of that. You need to go get people to give you money. That's the number one thing in getting a business started. We figure out everything else after that. So that's the first thing I would say. And let me give you a perfect example. A buddy of mine, Dan Weiss, told me this story about a buddy of his who was going to USD High School. Um, so down here in San Diego, it's private Catholic high school. Pretty small. It's got about 6,000 students. Beautiful location. It's like right up on the hill. But one of the problems there, you know, 20 plus years ago when this guy was going to school was parking. So students were always late for class. So my friend's friend started a ballet business to park cars for students, had other students working for him and uh, had a really successful business going one slight problem with his business. He never cleared it with USD, he didn't get a permit, he didn't get permission, and and he had the podium, and they're like, yeah, we'll take your keys, there you go, that'll be that much, all right, we'll park your car out there. And this is what busted him, this is the best part of the story. He only got busted, he probably still had that business down there, and they never would've figured it out, except, they were trying to make time with the ladies so they were charging girls less than guys so some Uh, guy went in and complained to the faculty like hey this is discriminatory like why is your valet service charging me more than the girls and of course to which the faculty responded valet service? service what valet service are you talking about and so he got called into the dean's office and i guess his business professor sat there the whole time with his head in his hands, probably trying not to crack up and um dean totally reamed him out read him the riot act you know this could be grounds for expulsion and on and on and on and um you know you put us in jeopardy the liability ah, da, 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 da. and then a couple of weeks later they bumped into each other on campus and he goes look man I had no choice but to ring me out, but look, man, we got to admire the ambition of just getting it started. And look, the only thing that busted you is because if you hadn't charged less for girls than guys, you'd probably still be running that business. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, man, that
1: seems like that's, a complete uh, bro code violation there to talk to, to, to to you know, tell on somebody for that. But, you know, whatever. it really
0: does out it really does but the point of the story was he didn't think about it he didn't call his banker he didn't try to get sba funding he just went for it and you clean up all that stuff later so i think that starts our discussion on getting a side hustle going or just some sort of business um where we go from here i really don't know um i had i'll let you jump in for a second but um yeah, man. What are your thoughts on where to get started?
1: Well, I think you've you've. I think I agree with with just about everything you said there. I mean, I think that people over do what they need to get going on the business, and in fact, typically uh, spend so much time working on those other things that they slow down their business. So, I do think there are certain exceptions where you might need a website. We could get into those, but there's not a lot of those. And I think what would and even if you do have a website, you can have a uh, you can just have a landing page, just a one little page or thingy that just shows, you know, some way to contact you. But I do think you're right that I see so often that what people do is they fail to just act. And there's that kind of expression around the idea that money follows speed, right? So, not um, the
0: drug. So not the drug kids. The actual. Not the drug. Yeah, come quickly. on, this is a
1: family show. It's a family <laughs> show. I may sometimes talk about herpes, but this is still a family show, Ron. Uh, everybody knew that. No, uh, so. You know, you you, uh, you have that, the idea like, yeah, money follows speed, just get done. My old laptop, I had a sticker on there that says done beats perfect. And I think where I see a lot of the people that turn that, that uh, that fail to turn that side hustle, that really good idea into something monetized is that they just fail to act. And I, I always go back to this reference. It was actually, I heard it in a presentation by Simon Sinek way back when, but one of the things he mentioned, and it's, it's just food for thought is, 250,000 people showed up at the mall in D.C. to watch Martin Luther King speak. And there was no website, no email, no save the date, no text message, no social media, no nothing. The idea was good. People gravitated towards what he had to say, and they showed up. Um, You know, That was all word of mouth. So your business, think of it in that term. There's also a, a concept called pay certainty test, which is what I think you're kind of alluding to, is this idea of like, go get paid first. Prove oh, that it actually exists. Certainty. Yeah, pay, yeah, cer- yeah, yeah. Yeah, pay wow. certainty test. I think the official name is something like willingness to pay without bias or something, but you know, us marketers, we shorten it to pay certainty. Go get paid, prove the model works, then go do a bunch of other stuff on top of it.
0: There was actually a really high-level book. Um, now I can't remember the name of that, but um, you might think of that it was talking about, oh, Lean Startup. Oh, yeah. startup. if you get one idea out of Lean Startup, it was the minimum viable test. Let's just get going. And- MVP. Um, yeah, and, and test it. And then we can go back and get all that other stuff. And so I've seen businesses die on the vine because they spent so much time, again, trying to get a mission statement right, trying to get the office furniture set up. Look, man, years ago, guys, I tried to get a a SBA loan and I spent, we'll talk in a minute about how to select the business you're going into and things like that. But I was trying to get an SBA loan going for a business that needed, needed capital pretty badly. We ended up doing okay. It became ultimately this business, but um, they turned around and they wanted a business plan and they wanted to meet with me to meet with a score executive, which is service Corps of retired executives. They're awesome by the way. But um, if you need help on a business, it's someone who's retired, they'll match you up with someone in business. You can bounce ideas off of them. They're fantastic. But trying to write a 57 business page plan for something I could explain in one paragraph, right. just to make the bankers happy. I got approved for the loan. Only to have them tell me it's a 12% loan and you got to put your house up as collateral. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? You're going to put my house up as collateral. I could have gone and gotten an equity line for 4% and saved four months of time. So again, if you're thinking of this, do your research, but make sure that Gary Halbert, a famous copywriter, said it best when he said, motion beats meditation all day, every day. So um, what do you... What do you see as the most successful businesses that people are starting out?
1: You know, honestly, I don't don't know if I want to pick a a side of it because I've seen business you like pick a, like a, like a vertical or something that somebody's doing as much as the people who uh, combine some form of their passion or something that they care, like that really motivates them with something that people need, you'll win. Like it's so... You know, think about how many businesses you go. Well, who would have ever done that? And then it makes you know billions of dollars, and it, you know, or those businesses where you go, well, why didn't I think of that? Like, there's just stuff that you're like, well, that was pretty pretty basic. So, one of the things I encourage people to do is start to think about like, what do you what do you just love? Like, take a step back for a second. Like, what do you love doing? Like, what just motivates you? I, I got a great story around this actually. One of my Mastermind members way back when joined because. He's running a market, him and his wife, running a marketing agency, doing all right, you know, but we're like, we need to build this business up. We want to, we want to grow this thing. Like, how do we join? So, all right, cool. So our onboarding call, I go through and I said, Hey, so just take, let's take a step back. Cause they were kind of talking about, they're marketing these people. and They're trying to figure out a vertical, like where to work with. And, you know, and I was like, yeah, in my head I'm thinking you guys don't even seem like you really like this business all that much. But, like, let me ask. <laughs> so I asked him. I said, "Hey, so what do you what do you just what do you love?" And he's like, "Oh, I love doing ad campaigns." No, 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 no. I mean, like, not not in your business. Just take a step back. Forget the business for a second. What do you love doing? And they were they laughed and they were real quiet and they were like, "Well, he's like my degree is in design, and he holds like a couple of like not patents. I don't know if that would be what it would be called, but like he teaches this design skill that's that's." He kind of invented this, this concept around like doing design. And he has that. He's also a part-time professor at BYU nice. in design. And he loves doing home design. And I was like, well, okay, so talk to me about how the marketing agency came about. And they're like, well, it's really we ran this design business and we couldn't, you know, we just didn't get enough clients. We weren't doing a real great job. So somebody told us, asked us to do some marketing stuff. So we went and did marketing. And we've run a marketing agency ever since and i was like okay let me just back up for a second your struggle was marketing and now you run a marketing agency but you love design why why don't you just take everything you learned from marketing and just apply it to your design business market lo and behold right lo and behold three months later we had him actually design our kitchen but, like, lo and behold, three months later, like, he's doing design work and he's since left the mastermind because at this point, like, I can't help him. He's off in a design business right. that's doing exceptionally well. He was, he, he started dialing back his professor duties, whatever you want to call that. And that was turning that side hustle into a main hustle. Like, he would do design work on the side while he ran a marketing agency, even though he ran both businesses. So, that, I think that's that thesis. What are you passionate about? What do you care about? Like, what are the things that, You love, and chances are if you love them. I I was talking to another guy and he he runs competitively, super into it. I was like, Where are you into like the triathlon community at all? He's like, Oh my god, I know all of them. Why don't you do something with them? Wow, man, yeah, their marketing sucks. Let me help with (laughs) that. Okay, there's your business, right? Like, do something that you that you're passionate about and really excited. He actually ended up working with like political figures because that was the other thing he was super passionate about and they desperately needed help. He's an independent. Uh, or no libertarian so he's a libertarian so he, he he had a you know they could desperately use some marketing help so he's off up, doing that
0: clean up the, and he's clean doing up well guys
1: right yeah. so it's that's that thing yeah. i think i would encourage you find your passion build a business around it
0: no i'm going to give you the opposite side of that okay uh, my suggestion would be also because i like to read books and be left alone and drink wine and so, and I really, and I really don't. I'm pretty social, but I like. We I can like build a business time. around it. I play I play guitar very badly, um, and uh, you know, fly airplanes and all that stuff. But I had two clients I took spoke, spoken to this month so far that run janitorial businesses that are in the high six to mid seven figures so did anyone ever wake up and be like dude you know what man just and they're guys you know like man just seeing this stuff clean like you know like i've never i mean i like when the cleaning lady comes and my house looks nice but i'm not like yeah but the point is they just went for the straight yep. cash, like what is the need that I can sell? And then I will spend my money on buying the things that I am passionate about, but I got a business that's stable and predictable and steady and all those sorts of yep. things. By the way, for those of you just turning tuning into the show, this is the make more, keep more, it's all about money. We answer questions, we amuse ourselves, we amuse you guys. Dominic is one of the speakers that's been featured a bunch at the digital marketer stage. And I'm a financial advisor and tax professional. We do all things related to the money. So that's if you're wondering what you stumbled upon, that's it. And today we're talking about side hustles and how to get a business going. Okay, so once you've decided on a business then and you're like, all right, this is the thing I'm going to do, what would you say is the very next, next step for that for someone?
1: Well, so if you're going to do the side hustle around the passion project, I think there's one approach to that. If you're going to do what I would call the boring business route, which I don't mean in a bad way, like what you just talked about, go find a cash business that's just going to do really, really well. Those are really exciting. Like you think about janitorial is good i mean you remember back in the day when buying like a storage facility or whatever these passive income type of businesses that are somewhat boring if you will again not not meant that in a bad way it's just literally it's a boring business it just spits off cash which is i love those so i think if you're going to do that that's a different thing you do some acquisition strategies maybe we can even talk about that how to get some lending all that kind of stuff uh in the future to talk about those actually that goes hand in hand with last week's conversation around make sure you have some dang cash in the bank. Right? Like that's that's a big part of where you could acquire one of those those boring businesses. But if you're gonna run a passion business to me, I talked about this a few weeks ago. I think part of it is looking at your network. If you're really passionate about it, chances are there's a bit of a birds of a feather flock together scenario that's going on. If you're super passionate about it, I bet you have some people around you, you're in some groups, you're on some Reddit threads, you're on something that's around your passion and those make for a good first 10 people to call, like make a list, call those people say, Hey, can I take you to lunch? Or if it's remote, I'll, I'll send you something. If you jump on a zoom with me, I'll run up. And and the key line is, Hey, would you do me a favor and tell me whether or not this idea makes any sense? And that's all you really have to do. And and I actually have some content coming out from this on my Instagram in a couple of weeks here or in the next week or so. But like, um, and I'm going to give a whole giveaway on on breaking that down, the scripts and everything on that, but is like you have, you do that, chances are out of those 10, three to four of them go, when can you start? Because that's been my experience with it. And that, because and that, and that you see you that passion.
0: That, you have it, that lets you know that you have a real idea. Yeah. The worst thing you can hear is like, oh, this is a great idea. I think you're going to get them, Tiger. You're going to do great. <laughs> right. um, that's the old Gary Halbert again because gary halbert was kind of a genius he was yep. crazy but he was a genius and if you guys have never read any of the gary halbert newsletters the boron letters that he wrote while he was in prison uh, those are definitely worth checking out he was an old school rock and roll guy partied hard but worked hard and and kind of changed the face of advertising as much as a David Ogilvy or any of those guys, but he would take his sales letter down to the, you know, local dive bar yeah. um, or upscale bar, depending on what he was doing. And he'd be like, Hey, can you guys help me out? And, and would read him the letter or have him read the letter. And he's like, the kiss of death was like, Oh, that's a great letter. You're going to do great on that. He's, he's like the real answer that he had a winner was, Oh my God, how can I get this? Like, I want one of yeah. this. So yeah. that's how, you know. Um, Yeah,
1: um, this is just a side tip for everybody. You can't read enough great copywriting letters from old the old school guys. Like that is just it's so huge. So if you read Gary Halbert, Robert Collier, you just start there. Read through some of their letters. It sounds super boring, but that's the thing is you go to read them, they're not because that's what great copy was back in the day. And I feel like that art. I mean, there's still Bob Bly is alive and and I think a hundred years old, but he's still probably up there with those guys, but <laughs> Bob's great. Dude. Um, Bob's, Bob's a good dude. Uh, he actually teaches copywriting courses, which are, which are worth it. But like, you know, so there are some great copywriters out there. I think Perry has his moments of being great. Um, Perry,
0: but, Perry Belcher for those of Perry you who, Belcher. Know who he's referring yeah. too.
1: Sorry. Um, you know, there there are still some great copywriters, but you can't compete with like the Gary Halberts and the Robert Colliers of their back in their day. So if you guys yeah. just want to learn how to position your product, if you're trying to go side hustle to main hustle, read those letters, get some inspiration. You will literally read these letters from products were sold in the 30s and go, Oh my God, I want to buy that. Because it's just mm-hmm. that good. And it's, it yep. just teaches you something. You may never be as good as them. I'm not. But you'll learn you don't like, need to be. oh, you I don't see how be. they did that. You know, it's yep. cool.
0: And you just need to be better than the competition. Um, Let me give you guys some ideas of businesses from the accounting and financial planning side of things that I've seen that people have been super successful with. First of all, the all time king of making people rich is real estate. It is, it never goes away. It never will go away. And I've seen so many people get rich on real estate and a lot of them weren't that special. And the one guy that I, I kind of steer people towards, we're going get um, D, we're going to get somebody on here um, soon called Shadow. That's his real name. And um, he's like 38 and basically retired off rural real estate. But the all-time kind of king of how to make money on real estate is a guy named Ron LeGrand. He's been teaching it for 40 years, but the difference runs in his 70s. And he's still out there doing deals, and he does every kind of deal from wholesale to hotel to Burr to which is uh, buy rehab rent repeat. In case you guys aren't familiar with the Burr formula, is um, commercial stuff, paper like working on the paper, like buying seconds, and then there's all kinds of stuff that he he does and teaches. So real estate makes a lot of millionaires. Information marketing has done well for a lot of people. So you look at the Frank Kearns of the world and guys like that, that have really made their living just on information marketing and teaching people how to do other things. That's the uh, early to rise formula. Hey, we'll teach you how to be a copywriter. Hey, we'll teach you how to do this. It's the Palm Beach newsletter formula. So those are a couple of, Amazon FBO, Got it. The guy that I share office space has a multi-million dollar Amazon business. Now he does his own products, but he sells them all on Amazon, and um, they're like health supplements and things like that. And so, um, so those are some of the ways that I've seen people make money. I'll tell you the ones real quickly before I let you um chime in, Dominic. I'll tell you the ones that I see people having a harder time making money at. Um tax lien certificates, and by the way, please feel free to correct me. So if you are successful in this, jump in, just be sure to let us know which one it is. But I was in a mastermind group with a guy who sold, you know, courses on how to buy tax lien certificates. Unlike Ron Legrand, who had bumped into successful students of his all the time, I never once ran into a successful student of someone, you know, who taught tax lien certificates. Doesn't mean they're not out there. I'm just telling you my experience. Um, day trading, <laughs> day, day trading's rough, man. I see the returns. Professional gambling, um, I see the returns. That you know, and so again, not saying you can't do it. I'm just telling you, my whatever you call the data. Um, It's obviously not a double-blind scientific study. I'm just telling you what I see. Those are tough. Those are some tough businesses to make money in and some real easy businesses, relatively speaking, to make money in. What else have you seen that's crazy or interesting or weird? or? You know, when I see people struggle with
1: it, a lot of people jump into just marketing agencies. Now, there's a side of it that's pretty good for me because one part of my business is just helping marketing agencies coaching you know, marketing
0: coaching, agencies. coaching marketing yeah, agencies so you want to give a so i kind of
1: like I mean, <laughs> no no i'm not right trying now. that was not a plug that was just me saying there's a part of me that says like yeah keep, keep coming <laughs> keep struggling <laughs> no but i mean that is a tough age it's such a tough business because there's so many aspects to it and and, you know, clients go in and out of I want the one stop shop, I want the, the singleton, you know, I just want you to be an expert in this particular area. So I do see that I do know some people who do a lot of like swing trading, day trading, you know, and that's the, the guy I know who does seemingly the best at it has, has done has sold three businesses, and he's got a bunch of cash, so he can wait out some of that stuff. The guy I knew who was successful at gambling, also could go down 60 $70,000 in a night, to hit for 140 later. Like I just watched it happen, you know, and, and those guys who have those big bank roles can do a little bit better, but for the average person, that's probably a little outside of it, but real estate continues just to be the thing. I mean, it it's, you know, commercial property, uh, you know, or, or, uh, I just lost the word for the opposite of conser- uh, commercial property, but anyway, retail, retail, retail thing, you know I mean? Any of that type huh? of stuff seems to be doing well yeah, for residential. residential. Residential, there's the word. You
0: can throw either one of those. Things.
1: Yeah, yeah that, that was the word I was looking for. And I think that's a good, smart move, but you've got to get some cash in the meantime. And a lot of what we're talking about today about moving your side hustle to your main hustle is that opportunity to build some cash. Because what Ron's talked about, for instance, you know, going back is, it's pretty interesting, like, I, I was talking to a buddy mine the other day, he's thinking about going out on his own. And he was like, Oh, I got to replace my big salary that I have. And I'm like, yes, but not as much as you think, because the taxation is different on owning your own business. There's so many things that are right. There's so many, like you might, let's say you're making a quarter million dollars a year in your, your current, your role, then you come out of that, you might be able to replace all that. You might know the number better than me, but I mean, you know, it might be, Bucks 60, bucks 70. And to be able to do that as your own, on your own as a business owner isn't actually that difficult. I mean, that's 10, a little over 10 grand a month. You can do that without something that's completely flushed out. Going all the way back to your original point, you don't necessarily have to to have a website. You don't have to have a corporate structure. You definitely don't have to have a corporate structure. You don't have to have a business plan to throw down 10 grand a month in a business or a little bit more than, I know it's a little more than that, but, but, you know, so it's, it really only starts to get complicated, I think, in my experience, is when you start to hit that twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars a month range. That's when your business starts to get a little more complicated, um, and then you're you're starting to, you know, I have, I have these like stages. I don't remember off the top of my head. I'll I'll share them another time. But like the look, mom, I have got a real business stage. You know, that's like when you can actually say something, and then the stage where you're like, oh crap, I actually have to tell the IRS about this one.
0: Like the, you start to go
1: into that. Now I know that's not the official.
0: It's fun to call your mom and tell her how much money you're making. It's not that much fun to explain (laughs) it to the IRS, man. They're dicks. They want part of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What a jerk.
0: So I think. Let me interrupt you for one second. For those of you just jumping on, this is the make more, keep more podcast. It's all things money. I'm Ron Carruthers. That's Dominic Cummins of Real Biz Advisors. And today we're chatting about getting a side hustle going. Like, where do you start? But the one point I wanted to make just real quickly the tax code right now sits at about 81,000 pages. And and literally as you know owning a tax office and and having clients the number one que- answer to most questions is let me look that up for you. Because it keeps changing and back in DC they keep messing with the rules, but this is the one thing to keep in mind. The tax code has about 30 pages legit of what you're supposed to pay and how the formulas work. The other 80,970 pages are basically all the exceptions and loopholes, the majority of which are geared towards the self-employed business owner. So let me give you a perfect example of this. We get a guy who works for a uh, marketing agency that I was just chatting with yesterday and um, he got a massive salary last year. And he wanted to know, okay, what can I do from a tax standpoint? And, you know, it's after the year we just met last week, we're chatting again. We chatted again yesterday. And the answer is not a lot until I got to the very last line of his, his confidential questionnaire. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm doing some, you know, and then he inserted his side business there. And I'm like, oh man, you're screwed. You're screwed. You're doubly screwed triply screwed wait what's this i'm like tell me about that and then he told me a little bit about it i'm like boom there you go we're not going to save i mean his tax bill is massive but i'm like we're not going to save you know a hundred thousand dollars this year on your taxes but we're going to save enough to make it worth your while more than you're going to pay me to do this Mm -hmm. and then we can now plan ahead and save going forward because now we can write off condos and travel and lots of things that he can't write off as an employee of somebody else. So always keep in mind. And again, to realize those benefits, you don't need an LLC. You don't need a, you know, again, nobody cares if you have a website and look, I'm not saying if your business is Amazon FBO, you don't need a website. Of course you do to sell your stuff. What I'm saying is if you're just going to do some personal service or, you know, Whatever it is that doesn't require a a website, just get going. Add that stuff later. My business ran for, and yes, I'm I'm older than Dirk compared to a lot of you guys on here. So it's Dominic. Um, <laughs> but I'm old enough. I mean, we were eight years into the internet revolution before we actually sat down and got a website for my main company at the time. We just didn't need it. And and of course, yeah, it probably hurt us, but we had enough. We were at theoretical capacity, meaning we were as busy as we could be for the business we did there. What is, Dom, here's a question for you. What's the craziest idea you've ever seen that's worked? Hmm.
1: Wow, that's a good question. I gotta think about that. That's worked. <laughs> that being the key, the key piece of it.
0: While you're thinking, by the way, The best thing I can say is don't overcomplicate this. Right. The greatest show of all time. I won't fight anybody who says differently because I'm a peaceful man. But, um, The Wire, The Wire, (laughs) Wire, All right. Well, you know, they might buy it. Um, (laughs) The Wire is the greatest show of all time. All you breaking bad letters, look, it was a great show, but Walter and Skylar were so unlikable that I just kept wanting Gus or Mike or somebody to put a bullet in them, you know, and then carry the show on without those guys. The Wire is a great show. And they had this great character on it, Prop Joe, and they were talking about all the beefing between the gangs and stuff like that. It's about drug dealers and the drug trade and stuff like that. And he's like, man, buy for a dollar, sell for two, everything else is bullshit. And that is one of the greatest quotes of all time. Just keep that in mind with your business. Buy for a dollar, sell for two.
1: Well, and, and so to kind of answer your question,
0: I think this one blows me away. We actually talked about this a few months
1: or a few few shows ago. The one that blew me away, he actually unfortunately just passed away, um, the guy who was running this business. But he he was, so I don't remember, my mom met him or something. I don't even remember how the story, it's how I ended up meeting this guy. But he just bought stuff at auctions and garage sales and then sold it on eBay. And he just had an eye for all of this stuff. I guess is is kind it's of how like, he
0: did so. Are you describing Gar- Gary Vaynerchuk? You well, and that's the next. thing is
1: Gary talks about this. This is <laughs> one of the times yeah, where, I, like, TV. I have something. Yeah, one of the times that Gary Vaynerchuk is talking about something, and I was like, dude, I did that years ago. Uh, that's that doesn't often happen, but this is one of those. So I met this guy, and and so he um, he was interested because he would just call it. He goes, "Yeah, I'm a junk dealer." And to your point, he would buy something for pennies and sell it for dollars. Like, and that oh, was the even thing. Be-
0: that's even better.
1: That's even better, right? So, and it's really interesting because, so he just turned his garage, he puts shelving onto it. He had, you know, 3,000 items listed on eBay. So he's pretty into it. But what was interesting is he was doing like 30 grand a month and his overhead was next to nothing like he converted a part of his or per- converted his entire garage <laughs> cuz he was pretty into it into shelving units that held all this stuff he had a little shed in back to hold all the boxes for shipping it you know cuz ebay you just ship your own stuff and he's pulling out 30 grand a month on pennies that he was investing into that business and like the stock on his shelves which is a big thing with any time you get into like we were looking into a business on amazon and and stuff recently and you know, you got to, you got to factor in that you got, you got to have stuff on a shelf somewhere, either your shelves or Amazon shelves, and you're going to pay for that. Right. So that, so he got me into it at the time, cause we, we had had the exit from the software company and, and I was kind of just chilling for a little bit. I was pretty done after that. And so, you know, we, we, we sell it. And so I go, Hey, let, let, uh, let's get, get, let me try this. And so he was like, he would show me the ropes. He'd take me to some garage sales. We went to these auctions. He's like, oh, I'll bid on that thing. Those things are worth a ton. And nowadays he was doing it all without his phone in his hand. Now I was getting on there, Googling everything going, oh my gosh, that sells for like craziness. Well, I'll give you some examples. Like he would buy these plates at a garage sale. And if people are into them, like whatever, I don't know. I don't know what they're called, but they're like kind of a Western motif. He eventually built the entire collection. He could sell that collection for like 50 or hundred grand. Like it was crazy money That's into so this crazy. stuff. so crazy. And then I, so, you know, I got into it and I found some stuff where I was like, oh, there was a business that like, uh, there's some auction houses up in LA here and they, uh, you know, they'll take over a warehouse that got flooded. So insurance writes the whole warehouse off. These guys come yeah, in take it. it. Over. Yep. So I bought these, uh, Kelty backpacks. I remember I bought 75 of these black backpacks. Actually, you still have one somewhere around here that I use. Cool little backpacks. I bought those. I want to say I think I paid ultimately like three dollars per backpack. I sold them for fifty to seventy-five dollars per backpack. So I did that for a little while, just because it was fun. It was just like you know, and my only cost was to drive to a garage sale near here that look or a state sale that was near her and spend a a couple hours doing that, and then an hour or two to list, take pictures, and list them, and then I was done. Go play golf, like do something else, like whatever. And stuff would just thing. And then my kids would ship them out, or my wife would ship it out. And we'd be, you know, it's like a little family business.
0: I, I wanted to just throw something in there. First of all, if you're Mark Jett's mom, he's in here. I saw that message. Yeah. <laughs> <saw> um, <laughs> so Mark Jett's mom, hi. Hi, Mark Jett. Um, now, let's talk just real quickly about the tax advantages of that. Yeah. Now, what Dominic can do is write off a portion of his office. I uh, in his home office, and he gets to write off every mile that he drove to the garage sale, from the garage sale to the store over to get coffee. If he goes on vacation, he can now turn around. and again, the rules are different if it's domestic versus you know international, and then there's certain countries that they have different rules. Again, the stupid tax code didn't get to eighty one thousand pages, you know, being simple <laughs> and easy to understand. But um so again remember the rules are kind of goofy so you you got to pay attention to this. But now if he wants to go to um I don't know Dominic where do you like to go domestically?
1: Domestically? Yeah. Oh, Palm Desert. I like that. Right. Uh if I'm going to fly good. out of Stop this there. yeah, you yeah, think yeah, like Okay. We're
0: not we're not trying to get you a date or anything like that. You know, you like long walks at sunset I do long walks walk on the or
1: beach, Ron.
0: <laughs> uh, anyway, so now dominic can go over palm deserts probably 75 or 90 miles from his house so if he goes over and is like shoot it's a saturday morning let's go check out and see what's at the garage sales now we just got to ride off the trip because now it became a business trip with a business purpose which is to check all that and and again there's rules like he can also he's got some underage kids living at home. He can put them on the payroll. It's a deduction to the business. So now it opens up. Was he giving his kids money anyways or going to set money aside for college? Yeah. Why not run it through the business? Take a current year deduction as long as they're doing something for it. He was going to drive to Palm Springs anyways. Why not write it off? If yep. someone on here wrote that their business is travel, which again is a little bit of one of those ones that the IRS goes after a little bit more. So we got to make sure the documentation, is tight on it, but you can continue. Now you are taking advantage. And why does the, this is a quick one. Why does the, why are they so generous with these rules? And they really are generous. And the answer is because four out of five businesses are going to fail in the first three years. Of the businesses that remain, four out of those are going to go under in the remaining two years. But the businesses that stick around tend to hire employees, pay lots of taxes, spit off income, and the IRS is now your business partner, even though they didn't do a whole lot other than letting you take the write-offs to get you started. So that's kind of how all that goes. So just keep that in mind. We're not, in this example, having Dominic spend money that he wasn't going to spend already or driving miles that he wasn't going to drive already. We're just now able to capture those, di- those dollars and those miles, take a current year deduction, and then move on. If you guys are just joining us, this is the Make More, Keep More Money podcast. Uh, in your head, you should literally be hearing biggies, no money, no problems right now. As we go yep. through this, I am going to have to end before too, too long, Dominic, just because I've still got files. I got to yep. get down and get cleaned up um, and get down since we are right up against the tax deadline. But what else do you want to share with these guys?
1: Well, I'll mention a real um, quick thing because we actually haven't hustle. we haven't mentioned this since the very beginning of it, how this little real quick on the make more, make Keep more show as this uh, started actually was my wife's idea. That's not the necessarily the point of the story, but she did come up with this idea. But Ron and, and I have known since, each other for- And since uh, she's
0: listening, you're a wise man to bring it yes. up. Yes.
1: And uh, so uh, I, we, Ron and I have known each other for over 30 years uh, and we have always operated. I got my uh, investment licenses at 19, largely because I was- Uh, motivated by Ron's BMW convertible that I was like, if he's got one of those, I want to do the same thing he does. Uh, So I got that. Uh, The green BMW, remember that one? Um, Yeah,
0: I bought it right after I had my second kid. It was the stupidest, literally the, uh, no, there was one other stupid purchase. I bought an Escalade right as I was getting divorced. And um, so that BMW was the second most impractical purchase I've ever made. But, but it, but was, it was, was cool though, but it motivated me it's into drive. a career. So that's why
1: we started to make more, keep more podcasts. And and we both uh, have some, uh, Ron is, is far stronger on the, the keep more side of it with the tax side of it than I am. Uh, I usually end up taking notes on what he's talking about. My wife later on is like, Hey, do we need to do what Ron said? Uh, so we do that, but we're going to talk way, about everything about way, making if money.
0: <coughs> if you're wondering that, do you need to do it, Ron says. The answer is, the t- t- yes. yes. <laughs>
1: Except for the not drinking for 75 days. So anyway, but yeah, I think so. It, just to give you guys something, if you just, you know, you were listening earlier when I was talking about the, I don't do the eBay thing uh, anymore. Um, but it's interesting because at our, when I was doing it, and again, I I don't know, maybe 10, 15 hours a week doing 3,500, 4,000 a month. You know, yeah, it, works that,
0: so it works so good. You stop doing it.
1: Yeah, you know it's yeah. It's so. I mean, I knew what I wanted to do ultimately, but I do think about that business once in a while, and I go, "It was so easy." And you're right; you can write off a lot of stuff. So, the point being is, if you want to turn your side hustle or into your main hustle, some of the stuff we've been talking about, some of you already have a side hustle. You already something you're doing on the side. Some of you already run businesses, which is awesome as well. But if you're sitting there thinking about, "Well, I mean, I would love to own my own business, but I don't know what to do." like honestly, start the eBay thing, go to garage sales and just pick up stuff. If it looks kind of interesting on the table that's sitting there and it's 25 cents, Google it real quick. And it's uh, incredible to see what's is. And and we talked about watches last week. I saw an article yesterday or what do you call it? Uh, It was like an Instagram story uh, from this watch company. And they were talking about how many people will go to a sale a garage sale, and for a hundred bucks, buy a watch that's worth twenty, thirty thousand bucks because nobody knew what it was worth. Now they were talking about the ethical thing of should you tell the family what it's worth if they're selling it. <laughs> I know, uh, but uh, I won't weigh in on that. My thoughts, but uh, but the but the point being is that the garage sales are amazing, and and there are some things you could do, and it's honestly it's a low key business, and find out whether or not. Because here's, here's what I will say about side hustles and main hustles. One of the best pieces of advice I got from a guy who's been a long-time business owner is said, you know what, honestly, though, not everybody's built for running their own business. And I, and I thought that was interesting. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I've seen nope. great people out there who should work at a company and they do phenomenally well, but I don't think that everybody should necessarily own their own business. So trying something like this eBay thing as a side hustle, for instance... Or selling on Amazon, or whatever. It doesn't matter where you sell it, but just go to garage sales, picking up stuff. Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this all the time. Do that. Go see whether you've got what it takes to sit there and spend the time writing the thing up, like doing the research, you know, getting up when you don't want to. Because sometimes these estate sales start at seven o'clock in the morning, and you want to be there first. And you know, there's there's some hustle involved in it. And if that's you, you turn out you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't like that part. Then then by all means, don't beat yourself up for wanting to stay employed in a company.
0: And let me give you one other, one other thing that I was thinking about. Uh, I've got a formula for you guys of how much time you should spend doing um, different pieces of the business because I, I want to you guys to be careful of something. But first, I want to talk about how do you find the time to do it? Because that's the other thing, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of us have kids or an active social life, got a job that we work at. So a couple things to think about. Number one, if you do, um, let's do some math real quickly. If you work two hours a weekend, all right, on, I'm sorry, per day on the weekend. So just two hours on Saturday, two hours on Sunday. So let's just say you're wiped out during the week. You're done. You got to go home and watch Narcos or The Wire, um, the greatest show there ever was. And um, you're just done. But you get up on a Saturday morning at 7.30 and you work till night you get a cup of coffee and you work till 9.30 and you do the same thing on Sunday. You're done at 9.30. You got the whole rest of the day ahead, right? And by the way, Gene Simmons writes about this. Gene Simmons, the if you're like Gene Simmons from Kiss, the guy who wears Judy Judson hooker boots and paints his face and sticks his tongue out, that guy has one of the best business books I've ever read. It's called um, Sex, Money, Kiss. And I remember reading that, it's like, what are you doing on the weekend, anyways? You know, like, come on. But think about this: two hours on a Saturday, two hours on a Sunday, first thing in the morning, you're done for the entire day. You can goof off, do whatever. That is 408 hours in a year. Mm-hmm. That's the equivalent of 10 40-hour work weeks. 10. So and by the way, if you just did a different version, which is one hour um, a week, I mean, one hour a day, think about that. It's one hour a day. That's now seven hours a week. So again, that's almost going to double that. Not quite. But the idea that you just don't have time is some bullshit. So again, yeah, like you can find the time. Look, man, I'm dead e- exhausted. Um, but I had to make the time and yeah, I got a little less sleep to go work out and do this podcast, but yeah, and it sucks. Like, trust me, I wanted to sleep in, but if it's important to you, you'll find a way to do it. Now, one other formula I want to give you guys, and I read this from a great business book called the pledge by Michael Masterson. And I think we talked about it last week, but Mm -hmm. I don't remember, but if you haven't The pledge is a great, great, great book. And he talks about being aware of becoming a success junkie. And what he means by that is people who go to success seminars or buy courses that they never look at. They just wait for the next course. Now, that's great for information marketers, but it's not good for making an active change in your life. So his formula, which just think of it in terms of some version of this, even if you don't follow it, is spend no more than 25% of your time. So if you've got four hours that you're going to devote a week, one hour goes to researching and learning about what you're going to do, reading a book on it, finding somebody who's done it one hour, your second 25% is watching someone or interacting with someone who's successful at it, but make sure that at least 50% of your time, half your time is action. Mm -hmm. So you might, let's take your business for a moment. You might go on a Saturday morning and take two hours and go to garage sales and look for a watch or gold or something undervalued or something that you think you can flip, right? As an example of that business. And again, it's just one example. There's dozens of things you can do. Mm -hmm. Then you might take Sunday morning, researching the items that you bought, maybe buying a course online, the pledge, Mr. Sing a Song. That's the book Michael Masterson. There's no religious, you know, it sounds like you're going to join a cult. You're not. literally at the beginning of the book he's like you need to make a pledge to yourself that you're going to take action on this book and you're going to write to me one year from today telling me how it went for you but um then sunday morning might be researching you know or looking over someone's shoulder or reaching out to someone who's done it and seeing if you can get some you know just kind of find out what you messed up but the key formula is not spending years getting ready to get ready to think about getting ready to do it because All you're doing is procrastinating. And the best way I heard this put is failure is great because failure means you're better prepared. So you buy some stuff, spend 50 bucks, and can't sell any of it. But now you know, okay, that didn't sell. Let's go back. Now you're wiser. If you procrastinate, there is no next time for you to get wiser because you haven't taken any action. And and look, we even called out the curse of the A student. My assistant and I were chatting about this the other day, where I'm like, you know, she's in some uncomfortable waters with some stuff where she's learning some new skills and um, you know, it's stressful for her and having to look stuff up. And I'm like, stuff, that's how you get good at anything, right? right. And I'm like, You were an A student, weren't you? She's like, Yeah, and I'm like, So you're not used to being uncomfortable because you always were, you know, the smartest one in your class right it's like yeah and i'm like exactly you need to get over yourself and um just focus on that so that's my little rant
1: yeah i think a lot uh, of schooling teaches us to just be perfect like you got a better grade if everything was perfectly written in perfect cursive and per- well some of the young people know what cursive world. is anymore but it's not the real world and it's just really like again money like speed you, you got to get moving on something i mean Actually, this 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 show, podcast, whatever the heck we call this thing, uh, was was like that, right? You remember you and I, Ivana came up with the idea. She said, hey, I got an idea I want to throw to you guys. We had a little meeting. We talked. And you were like, all right, cool. Maybe let's start it up. I don't remember if it was after tax season or something. Like You were like, let's just get it. And I was like, and, and I'm not, you're usually very on stuff. And it, you were just like, I said, let's just launch it next week or a week after next. Let's just go. And our first one we shot here in the room. You guys haven't even seen it because we recorded it and then couldn't figure out how to actually play it to any of you. So so that's just sitting and, there. And,
0: and I didn't want to do it live because I just had a death in the family. So yep. I was like, man, you know, I'm pretty good at keeping it together. But on the off chance, I don't.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're just going to then this
0: e- whole episode.
1: Right. And then, hey, and thank you, whoever, I saw something went by, like, thank you. so
0: DJ, Yeah, thank yeah. you. We appreciate um, that.
1: But, you know, so then you go on there and you're in your, yeah, we do appreciate that. I mean, so then we go on first episode. That one was pretty cool. You guys seem to really we'll do, do it. it. And then we went through kind of a little couple of episodes where there wasn't as much participation, not as much people on there. Because we're figuring stuff out. If we had sat here and figured out the formula we'd still be sitting here figuring out the formula rather than just getting the show. And and you guys do. We get some good feedback from you guys, private messages and appreciate that. I mean, that's it's really cool. All because we just went for it. Is it perfect? Heck no. If you listen to the audio of last week's, I totally screwed up the audio. I did figure out what it was. One, it was this. One tiny, this super tiny little thing screwed up all of our audio last week. But anyway, side point. Um, but anyway, so that's the point is just stuff isn't perfect and you got to just go and And just try it out, and if it costs you like your example fifty bucks or a hundred bucks or even a thousand bucks to figure out that it wasn't the right idea, at least you knew something from that and I've yet to see somebody come out of doing that without like the real idea that's gonna work on the back end of that because the experiment teaches you what's gonna work or what didn't work, and your next effort's far more successful,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, interesting thing from copywriters, a lot of copywriters are like, Hey man, we have to try four or five versions of a sales yeah. letter to get the one that actually hits. And it's compelling the infomercial world, which kind of, yeah, it still exists, but it was a big deal back in, you know, before the internet. And if you guys aren't familiar, cause you're too young to even know that it's like a 30 minute or hour long paid commercial that looks like a show and um they could tell they would might spend six months getting one of them together spend quarter of a million dollars and test it in a handful of markets on a friday and saturday night and they would know immediately if it was dead or alive and if it was dead they scrapped everything that they did to that point and went back and shot another infomercial with a different pitch because once they got it to work it was like money printer go because they would just run it and run it and run it and it would crush with it beachbody has that foundation down pretty good if you guys have mm-hmm. ever gotten stuck on a team beachbody infomercial of shanti or tony horton or any of those guys um goofy renker are the big guys that did like proactive and some stuff <laughs> that you guys i think jessica simpson skincare all that stuff so but just keep in mind for every one of those that you see over and over and over again, there was three or four that they just scrapped. And again, I think that's the point of, if I had to summarize this entire last 52 minutes, I would say it's, if you're interested in starting a business, then start a business by by selling something, selling your time, selling your expertise, selling something, see, get a proof of concept going that people will actually part with money for this and then go through and get fancy just make sure you don't take time away from from the growing of the business and then Mm -hmm. you know you can call us for the tax work dominic for the coaching you know those are the things that we can do um yeah dude i gotta and if you guys have
1: questions yeah if you got any questions throw them in the chat and you guys are usually pretty good about that about throwing them in there uh, if we missed any, I'll we get got, a text message from one the team. Was,
0: how can I add, seeking mentorship, how can I add value? That is motivated by success. Real interesting thing. Uh, a formula for getting a mentor is find people that are retired within two to five years from the career you want to get into. And um, Paria, Bakani we'll get that in a second. Um, and write five of them. And the reason you want them retired two to five years is any more than five years now if you can find an active venture in your field awesome but after about two years most people are pretty freaking bored with retirement (laughs) now tom tom brady lasted what like a three weeks 40 days yeah. yeah and the best thing i read is uh tom brady decided he'd much rather be hit by 300 pound linemen than stay home with kids and have giselle over- around. <laughs> and you know what's funny that is probably not far from the truth at all <laughs> sorry tom if you're listening man you're, you're one of the greatest even if we're we were both chargers fans dominic still is i'm kind of on the fence since they left san diego and we were on the receiving end of many a brady beatdown as a city and team yeah. but um I do not even know where I was going with that, but it was really, Oh, so the mentor by two years, they're kind of bored yeah. by five, they may or may not be in touch. And if you write four or five of them asking for 15 minutes of their time, just to ask them a couple of questions and then see where the relationship goes from there. Someone else asked, do you use Shopify?
1: Yeah, so I think that might have been... And correct me if I'm wrong on that question. And Alessandra just texted me to me as well. She is not joining us here live because it's her birthday. So I think she has other plans. She wants to go have some fun. She's on here. She's just texting. So she's not in the room this time to to be able to share. Uh, But yeah, it was EE's birthday yesterday. So, you know, it's all all, all, loading up the whole family. So... um, Shopify, I think it's related, correct me if I'm wrong here, related to some of the stuff when I was talking about going to maybe the garage sailing and, and stuff like that. So I think long term you could, if it's not just just tell us. Um, if, I think you could do that, but I go kind of going to where we started, I'd start as simply and as cost effective as possible. There's a cost associated with shop. Shopify is phenomenal. Um, our friends IRS Cocktails joined on a little bit ago. They use Shopify for selling their pre made cocktails and their liquor, by the way. Yeah, please. liquor. Um, that kind of stuff, like that, that is really good. Um, and so Shopify is exceptional. Uh, I would probably start off with something like eBay, even though there's fees, you don't have to do a whole setup. Like the whole backbone's built for you. It kind of falls under that whole website kind of scenario. Once you start pulling down, Three, four, five, ten thousand $10,000 a month, and you run into limitations because eBay can't do it for you, then by all means, create the thing because you've proven it. You've proven it works now. Now go create the thing to go take you to that multi-millions.
0: We got another question um, that I'd like to jump on. And someone was like, How do you start if you've never sold anything in your life before? So my suggestion is, and this is going to sound counterintuitive, but listen to me on it. My suggestion is, read books on copywriting yes not sales
1: no don't read sales
0: books (laughs) sales books and look no disrespect to like tom hopkins or some of the great sales trainers but selling is fundamentally uncomfortable for most of us um but copywriting which is defined as salesmanship in print it shows you kind of the flow And if you're uncomfortable selling, then record a video that that promotes and um, explaining the benefits of what you're doing and how it's going to benefit your client and um, and then handling upfront before anybody asks the most common objections to what you do and then basically going asking for the order so let me explain to you how it works on on like our thing if if, if somebody comes to consult with me first of all we'll generally consult no charge for like half an hour and usually we'll extend that We'll, we'll get some data and be like yeah come back around let's look at it and let's look around something like taxes okay so we're solving a problem look i think we can we look everything over look i think we can save you some money on your taxes um it's going to cost you this. Would you like to get started? Now, no. that's a really simple version, right? But think about it. I'm going to, I'm like, look, I'm going to save you more than you pay me, you know? And yeah, I might be a little more than your other guy that you're using or gal that you're using right now, but they're not saving you this money. So literally I'm just selling you money to discount. Does that yes. sound good? Like, and I don't work real hard. If they want to argue about it, I'm just like, yeah, hey, man, no problem. Don't worry about it. And that's the thing where I don't love sales training because it's like, well, you got to overcome 14 objections and you got to close, man. And it's like, no, you don't do, we don't do any of that. We're like, yeah, man, this is what you should do. What do you say? Yeah. So, and I, I think
1: some of the people like, like the, the, uh, is it, I'm going to take a shot at it. Poria Bacrani. I'm, I don't know five i fast enough. I probably man, did. And it have been appreciate bad, it.
0: Sorry. We apologize. We just yeah. We totally
1: name. slaughtered your name and I apologize hey, for that. You Here's you the tried. thing. I'm
0: just like, some, somebody
1: somebody asked uh so here's the thing people who don't think they're salespeople or worry about like oh i've never really sold anything often make in my opinion the best sales and because ultimately i just i did a reel on this the other day it's like the idea you you uh we, we all go we try to lump into whether it's business to business or business to consumer The ultimate of it is it's neither of those things. You're not selling either of those. You're human to human. You are a person talking to another person. And when you, if I were to ask you right now, like anybody in here on like, oh, hey, what do you think when you hear the word salesperson? 90% of the adjectives are going to be horrible. Negative, yeah. Very negative, right? It's usually, oh, I think of that guy in a bad suit at a, at a, you know, used car lot or, or whatever. And it just tends to be this really negative perception versus I'm sure the person who asked that question, I already slaughtered your name once. I won't do it again, but that, you know, that you, you're probably got friends, people enjoy talking to you, you know, whatever. So just be that guy and then provide some value. And, and yep. that's where, like, if you go to a, uh, uh, that consultation with Ron, by the way, your audio cut out for just a second. So we missed a little bit of that, but, um, or we're more than a couple of seconds. A fun, but, I got a
0: phone call because we're doing this on the phone. So it just yeah, going to be like, go away. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I would say, you know, if you look at that, that situation when you were talking about doing a consult and I didn't, I didn't catch all of it, but chances are, I'll tell you this from knowing Ron for 30 years, Ron in a sales call is Ron at a bar having a margarita it's the same guy like it doesn't change and to me that's the best sales advice i can give you is just be you and yeah. most people struggle with sales because it's the old adage of square peg round hole they struggle with sales Hi, because man. you read a book <laughs> and it's tell you tells you how you're supposed to position things and you're saying crap that doesn't feel natural to you and you sound like an idiot or you can just walk in and be you, make mistakes because that's human, and people buy from you because they trust you because you got no, you're not hiding anything. That's when we used to when I worked in big time software sales, all of us, you know, highly trained sales professionals would go into the calls, and then I'd bring in my sales ops guy who was a you know basically a nerd, and, right, You right. know, all into software and did whatever. And every single time, this is what I opened my eyes to it. Is every single time the client wanted to talk to them?
0: Yeah, They like and really,
1: act. I could have left the room at that point. They had no interest no. in talking to me anymore. Totally. So that's so. that's my advice for you if you haven't sold. Don't don't stress it. Just be you. Find something. Bring some value. It'll the rest will take care of itself.
0: But do read some books on marketing. By the way, yes. John uh, Carlton has some really good books and courses on marketing, where John probably gets it better than anybody anybody. And John's like a rock and roll guy. Basically, his lifestyle is he likes to write copy a few months out of the year and then basically go on tour with you know bar bands and tour around like redneck biker bars and and play guitar and he's like salesmanship in print that's all caught it's just you and me talking, you're talking to your audience, you know like a lot of my audience is people that are upwardly ba- you know upwardly mobile, want to save some money on their taxes, want to create some generational wealth want to get make sure they're making the right moves so when we chat with them we just like i mean like look man the first meeting i barely do any talking i just ask a bunch of questions like yeah you know what and if we can i'll be like we can help with that give me some homework let me show you how and we'll go from there foxy brunette what's happening that's family by the way my
1: favorite uh my favorite closing line is just would you like some help with that
0: that's it that's the good one and that's why you don't read sales books because they're like, "What do I have to get you into this new tax return today?" And, and that's yeah. what people think you're supposed to do. And it's like nobody, nobody buys that crap. Uh,
1: one quick sales story. Since we do referenced, I, I know you got to go. go. One quick go sales there. story. So you know Perry uh, Belcher.
0: I do know. There was Perry a presentation.
1: Belcher. I think you were even there. And and they so Perry. One of Perry's products at the time was something called War Room. It was like a mastermind. It was like at the time it was like thirty grand a year. And, and then he had his partner, who's the lawyer, whose name is escaping me at the moment. But anyway, so they were they were doing a presentation together and people they used to have a booth at Traffic and Conversion Summit and you'd walk in there to go purchase this, this mastermind, right? And so the lawyer guy, who God, I can't think of his name right now, but anyway, it doesn't matter. He was like, he's like, yeah, so I have this whole sales pitch. I'm like, well, what can I help you with? Or what are your challenges? What do you think? Whatever, whatever, whatever. And he goes, but he goes, Perry stands there with a beer in his hand and they walk in and he goes. So do you want to give me your credit card or do you want to pay by check? <laughs> and that was literally his opening line. And he, so Perry comes on stage and goes, because Perry goes, you know what? They wouldn't have walked in the damn booth if they weren't ready to buy.
0: Now, now, don't. they wouldn't have yeah. walked into the booth if they won't go buy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. A much better imitation of that accent. So <laughs> that's the thing is, and going all the way back to this, what do I do about sales? That just be you. They're probably ready to buy. It's just, they're waiting to see whether or not you're validating that decision or not by being a human being. So, so don't let's recap,
0: what have we learned today? Number yes. one, don't make your side hustle. If you're going to go in and do something, don't make it hard. Yep. Dominic's advice was find something you really love. My attachment was, but also find something that people need. Yep. Test it out. Don't go crazy. The IRS gives you tax breaks. Either way, where the business is a success or a failure, And just go for it and keep in mind the sage words of Prop Joe from The Wire. Buy for a dollar or less if you can, sell for two. Your business is going to be successful. We'll figure out what we're going to chat about next week, Dom. But for those of you who just tuned in, um, this is the Make More, Keep More podcast. You are literally jumping in at the tail end, but we talk about all things related to money. We'll post the show in a little bit. And if you missed it, just go back and listen to it. We talk about a lot of really good business ideas. We get great comments. So I think you guys will really enjoy it. And um, Monday or Tuesday next week, after I get some rest and get all these tax returns done, Puriya Bakrani, you are more than welcome. Foxy Grenette, it was good to see you. Um, we'll give you the theme for next week. We just I got to finish up these returns and get some sleep and stuff. So um, anyway, we will go from there. All right. Dude. Awesome, man stay Sweet. out of trouble man have a good weekend uh have a cocktail for me i got uh four weeks from to tomorrow i'm um, i can go and have a drink we'll bore nice. you guys with that story another time take care y'all all
1: right see you guys thanks